Welcome to the Anonymous Podcast. I'm Douglas L. And I'm Hannah D. And we're your host. This podcast is a commentary and discussion of Narcotics Anonymous literature aiming to enrich the recovery experience of those who are on this beautiful journey. If you'd like to be featured on the podcast, you can reach our booking team by texting this number, 919-675-1058, or join our Facebook group, facebook.com slash groups slash the Anon podcast, T-H-E-A-N-O-N-P-O-D-C-A-S-T, to fellowship with other guests and listeners. This podcast should not replace contact with your sponsor, your involvement with step work, or participation in the fellowship. Please use this podcast as an additional resource towards our collective growth as addicts in recovery. This podcast does not represent NA and is not affiliated with NA as a whole. We are simply addicts who are seeking the message of recovery by discussing NA literature together. Nothing more and for sure nothing less. We are grateful to be of service and to give back to our fellowship by helping facilitate this podcast. Now let's get started. Kia ora. My name is Damien and I'm an addict. March the 5th, from rude awakening to spiritual awakening. When a need arises for us to admit our powerlessness, we may first look for ways to exert power against it. After exhausting these ways, we, be, we begin sharing with others and find hope. Basic text, page 82. We've sometimes heard it said in our meetings that rude awakenings lead to spiritual awakenings. What kind of rude awakenings do we have in recovery? Such an awakening might occur when some undesirable bit of our behavior that we thought safely hidden away is suddenly revealed for all the world to see. Or our sponsor might provoke such an awakening by informing us that, just like everyone else, we have to work the steps if we expect to stay clean and recover. Most of us have to have our covers pulled. We don't like being laid naked in full view. The experience delivers a strong dose of humility. Our first reaction to such a disclosure is usually shock and anger. Yet we recognize the truth when we hear it. What we are having is a rude awakening. Such awakenings often disclose barriers that block us from making spiritual progress in our recovery. Once those barriers are exposed, we can work the steps to begin removing them from our lives. We can begin experiencing the healing and serenity, which are the preludes to a re renewed awakening of the spirit. Just for today, I will recognize the rude awakenings I have as opportunities to grow towards spiritual awakening. In today's episode, we'll discuss the Just for Today meditation with our guest, Brett D. Hey, Brett, welcome to the Anonymous Podcast. Well, thank you, uh, Douglas, for welcoming me. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, I'm glad you can make it, bro. So can you tell us your clean date, where you attend meetings, and can you give your home group a shout out? Absolutely. Uh, my clean date is uh, 32404, and uh, I'm from the Palm Springs, the lower desert area, which is part of the um, California Indian region. And uh, we, uh, my home group is the Tuesday night, 7 p.m. We care meeting of Narcotics Anonymous. All right. Thanks, Brent. And coming up on 17 birthday cakes. Absolutely. Right. 17 right, years, baby. Good job, bro. Okay. So, Brett, can you share your thoughts on from rude awakening to spiritual awakening? 
Absolutely, absolutely. I, um, you know, um, from root awakening to spiritual awakening, you know, it says in this read, can you hear me? Yeah, man, go ahead. Yeah, okay, so it says in this reading that, you know, uh, when sometimes we heard it said in these meetings that root awakenings lead to a spiritual awakening, um, and what kind of root awakenings do we have in recovery? You know, um, when I got here, I came in with, uh, I had a partner that I came in with, and, and we used together, me and this girl used together uh, for like four years, and, and uh and then we got clean together, you know, and, and, uh, you know, I was really serious about the program and, 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 uh, you know, I knew I needed to change. I was 39 years old when I got here and, uh, I need, I knew I needed to change and, and, uh, not so much for her. I want to say, I'm not trying to put anything on her or whatever, but you know, my, my, uh, my behaviors and my, the way that I would handle things, my insecurities would I like to say, um, kept me in this dysfunctional relationship for a long time. You know, and my sponsor used to tell me all the time, you know, like I would, I'd call him and I'd be like, Oh man, this girl, this girl, this girl, this girl. But I was so insecure and I didn't have anything going in my life that I was so afraid that if I didn't have this girl, that, that, you know, why would I even want to be clean? You know? And, and one of the things I'll never forget, my sponsor always says this to me is this, where's your God? Where's your God? And I didn't understand that. You know, when I got here, I didn't understand where's my God, right? Um, and the only way that I was able to find a God is by finally doing some of the footwork, you know, and it says in that in that reading that, you know, so, and I tell people all the time, you know, like the, the pain of remaining the same is greater than the pain of change. You'll change. Um, and I, I just didn't want to change, you know, and, and so we got busy, you know, we got busy on working on those first few steps, you know, and, and those that second and third step is about building that relationship with God, you know, and, and I did a lot of extra outside type uh, readings in regards to spirituality, you know, because I wasn't, I wasn't raised like go to, we didn't go to church. We didn't do any of those things. Uh, what we did was we just, we spent our weekends as a, a little sports family, you know, and, and, uh, there was no church going. And, and so I didn't even know what God was or anything about it. Right. So by, by the process of working on these steps, I slowly started developing this relationship with something that I can't see, touch, smell, hear, or feel. Right. And so, so by doing that, um, you know, my sponsor has me do certain things every morning, you know, get up in the morning, hit your knees and pray to the God of your understanding read the just for the day, write a little God letter. Nobody needs to see this God letter. You know, it's the most intimate way to communicate is by writing letters. You know, he used to tell me, I bet when you were in, in high school and stuff, you used to write little letters to these girls that you liked and, you know, and think it was really cool. Right. And, and but then that, that was intimate. Right. So, and by doing that allowed me to, to, um, look for outside support in a way for spirituality. You know, I started doing a lot of uh, meditation groups. Um, I go to a Saturday morning meditation group and I realized by doing this was building this ability that I'm okay no matter what, you know? And, and I remember the last time I had called my sponsor about that girl and I had said, you know, blah, 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 blah. Um, he said, look, the next time, you know, you call me about her and you don't take my guidance, you know, I'm telling you, she's going to end up, she's no good for you. She's going to, you're going to end up back in jail again. And uh, so I took his guidance, you know, I, I trusted the process, you know, and by doing that allowed me to realize that no matter what, 
I'm going to be okay. Um, I don't need to go use over these things that I have this, this God in, in my life that's going to take care of me no matter what. And, and I built on that in the last 16 plus years. You know, I have constantly, um, that's been a major part of my program that no matter what happens in my life, and, and thank God I went through that process of, of building a relationship with the God because I would have never had a spiritual awakening whatsoever. But that made me realize that that there isn't a choice that I have today. And as long as I have God in my life, I'm going to be okay. You know, at 14 months clean, uh, my mom passed away, you know, and, and one more time, you know, my you know, my sponsor told me, look, man, where's that? Where's your God? Put your God for first and foremost, you know? Yeah. You're going to be in grieving. You're going to be in pain. You're going to miss her, but you're going to be okay. You know? And, and, and I never really understood that until I walked through these certain episodes in my life, you know? Um, I have two kids and, uh, you know, I didn't get to see my kids for a long time because of the way I was in my addiction, you know, and, and when I did that, when, when I finally got to start seeing my kids, um, they were like 10 and 13 and I started seeing my kids. Well, my 10 year old, after a couple of years, now he's 12, wanted to come live with me. And I didn't know how to be a dad, you know, and, and, and one more time, the, the solution to most of my problems is where's my God. You know, I have to be in the solution of that. I have a God in my life that's going to take care of me no matter what, you know, and I got to raise that kid all the way through high school. And, uh, and, and after high school, he was diagnosed with cancer and, uh, he died at the age of 20, you know, and this, this was, you know, this happened in my life, uh, when I was just about 10 years clean. And, uh, you know, I have so, so much gratitude to the program of Narcotics Anonymous because by allowing me to work the steps and allowing me to be, uh, solution centered and solution focused. I'm able, I was able to walk through the death of my son and, and, and not use, um, because I knew no matter what, I'm going to be okay. You know, I'm going to be hurting. I'm going to be in grieving. I'm going to be through all these processes, but you know, narcotics anonymous taught me, you know, that, that no matter what we don't pick up and use, you know, and to me, those are spiritual awakenings. You know, it's not normal for someone to lose their child and, and not drink or use. You know, it's not normal for someone to lose a parent. You know, I have three older brothers, and when my mom died, um, the first thing they wanted to do was, okay, whose house are we going to? And so we can drink. And I had to, and I only had 14 months. I had to call my sponsor and have him. And he said, you come back here to the desert and you get to a meeting. And that's what I did. They all went and celebrated mom's life. And I came back here because I was so fresh in recovery that I was afraid I was going to go out and use again. And so my spot, I came back to the meeting. I was the secretary of that meeting and, and, and I showed up and people surrounded me and loved me no matter what, you know? And, and uh, so these, these moments in my life have been, been awakenings to me to allow me to know that, you know, no matter what, there's a God in my life. He's, you know, what it's our literature says that the only requirement for a God is that he's kind, caring, loving, and far greater than ourselves. You know, there's no other expectations I have from that God. Um, I don't have to go um, to sit in a room in, in, a, in a church to, to praise that God because I get up every morning and I, and I turn my will and my life over every day to that God. You know, and from that point in the morning forward, you know, whatever happens is God's, is God's will, you know. And, and I, I hear that a lot in the program. Well, it's God's will. It's God's will. You know, we take our will back a lot of times, you know, and mm -hmm. I sometimes... Uh, Sometimes I have to be redirected and told that, you know what, 
you know, you're working on, you're running on God's will, you know, and I have to step back and take a look at what my actions are and, and, and realize that, you know, we take our will back from time to time because we want what we want, you know, and, and by, by all this prayer and meditation and that I've been through has allowed me to see that there is a spiritual awakening, that there is, you know, a life, you know, and I, I, I give this same information to my sponsees, you know, by working that second step, you know, it, it allows me to write, you know, to get intimate with, with the God. And this is what I tell them, you know, like you're going to read that just for today, every morning, you're going to read write a God letter, you know, and you're not going to show anybody. It's just between you and God. What more intimate way can you build a relationship with a God than to, 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 to sit every morning and dedicate 10 minutes of your morning to this, this thing you can't feel, touch, hear, smell, or anything, right? And so, but what that does is that creates that internal comfort that I'm okay, that I have something here supporting me through this. Because there's going to come times that things are going to happen in our lives, and no one's going to be available. You know, we're not going to have our fellow addict there to, to support us or our sponsor. It's just going to be you and you by yourself. And if you have nothing to rely on, you're, you're, you're walking on thin water, you know? And, and for me, that's, that's kind of where I, I look at my spiritual awakening. And I, I look back, and like I said, I did some outside stuff too. You know, I started going to these, these uh, hour long guided meditations to allow me to just focus on, on, on the spirituality of, of, of the world, you know, of earth, of what's around us, you know, and I hear a lot said in this, you know, in, in the program about like, if you don't believe there's a God, you know, go try to stand in front of a wave in the ocean and how powerful that is, or look at the trees blowing, you know, in the wind, you know, there, there's, there's scientific theory behind that and facts that can, you can use to say, this is why this happens. But to me, it's like, it's a miracle, you know, this is God's, God's will, you know, this is what life is supposed to be like, you know, when I was in the middle of my addiction and feeling so insecure about myself and, and, and where I belong in this world, I had nothing, you know, those were the rude awakenings. Those were the awakenings that, that I look back on now and, and I count as blessings because it allowed me to open that door to have these, these spiritual awakenings, you know. Um, I got to take care of that son who was diagnosed with cancer for two years and take him through every step of the process, all of the treatments, everything, you know, and, and at the time when he finally passed away, you know, I was sad, but then I was at, at peace too, because I knew he was at peace, you know, and he was with, you know, with his maker and he was where he needed to be. And, and it was hey, bro, time let, for me, let me dig in right there, bro, because. First, I want to tell you, thank you for being transparent with us and sharing and sharing that experience. And, and you know, and I really want to, to ask you, even though it, it, we may we may have just maybe ventured off a little bit from rude awakening to spiritual awakening. But but, I, you know, when when I hear when I hear stories of this, of like getting through loss clean, um, you know, for me, I have two sons of 13 and 11, and I can't think of a greater loss. I mean, for me in my life, there, there, there would be no greater loss than, than one of my boys. And, um, you know, in, in, and so five years ago, addiction absolutely murdered my sister. You know, she was 29 mm -hmm. and, uh, and I was able to speak at her funeral and, and then, and then much like what you were talking about, bro, I, I linked up with my recovery folk. Other people did what they, you know, what, what they went on to do. The family went on to, to do what they were going to do. And, um, but I was plugged in, man. And so I want to ask you, like, with that background, you know, with that being the backdrop, if we have some listeners tuned in 
who are experiencing loss, you know, whether it's the parent, a lot of us, you know, as we stay clean a day to time, it, it's a very natural thing that we'll, we'll you know, um, we'll see our parents, you know, transition from this life to, to you know, to that. And, and it's heart wrenching, but, but some, some folks do experience what you shared about the loss of a child and, and, you know, and, and it could be a loss of husband, wife, you know, whatever it is, if we're going through some kind of loss, what was the action items, bro? Like what, what did, what did your action items look like? Like, how did, how did you participate in, in, in recovery when, when you were right in the thick of it? Could you speak to that for a moment? Great, great questions. You know, I, I was, I was, I was blessed with my, my father. I'll, I'll back up just a little bit. Like three weeks before my son had died, my father had died. Um, he had a heart attack and we all three lived in the same house. So I went from, from three adults to just me living in the house. And, and, and while my son was in his illness, um, you know, I had the support of my, of my family, my father, but I was doing meetings on a regular basis. You know, I was still sponsoring people. I was still checking in with my sponsor and working on steps and traditions and concepts. And, you know, I was still active in the program, you know, because I was also told that, you know, if we start, if we let our program go away when we need it the most is when, we're going to not be connected, you know? So I stayed in touch with, and I went to my home groups. I went to three to four meetings a week. I went to, um, I was working with two or three sponsors during that time, our sponsees. Um, so I stayed connected. I kept doing the things that I've been doing since I got here because I was afraid if I didn't, that I might put my recovery at risk. Um, and then after the, the death um, of both my father and my son, um, you know, thank God I have some really, really close friends, you know, that that were there with me through the whole process, you know, and we would go every day. I would say, I don't want to go to a meeting. I don't want to, you know, I just want to sit home and they say, I'm coming to pick you up and we're going to that meeting and I'll, you can sit there and just cry if that's what you want to do, but you're going to go to the meeting with us. And I don't want to go, you know, I wanted to sit there in my own thing, but I went anyways, you know, and I went anyways. I did this. Sometimes I was going to two or three meetings a day just so that I could just be around other recovering people. Um, and I and I worked on the processes that I worked on also was, you know, I had to write every time someone so close to me had died. My sponsor made me write a letter and my grand sponsor said, this is what you do with these letters. Every time you go see those people at their at their grave sites or whatever, you write one more time. I'm talking about writing. You write a letter about what's going on in your life today and you read it to your son that keeps him connected in your life. And I still do that That's today. Beautiful, man. That's I beautiful. still do that today. I sit in front of his grave and, and here's the miracle of what, you know, I know I have a kind, loving, caring God, man. Cause right after my son died about a month later, um, by going to meetings every day here and there and there, I didn't care what kind of meeting it was. You know, I'm a homegrown Narcotics Anonymous meeting, but if, the, if there wasn't an NA meeting and there was a CA meeting at eight o'clock in the morning, I went to it. I, I just went to a meeting so I was around people. But I'm a, I'm a Narcotics Anonymous homegrown guy. So what I did was I ended up meeting my, my, my now wife um, through this process. And, uh, you know, I've never been in such a great relationship. So God put someone in my life to not to replace my son or my father or anybody, but by doing the work that I had to do allowed me to become a better person that allowed me to be in a better relationship, you know, and, and, and today my, my life is really good, you know, but today, even seven years later, since the death of my son, I'm still doing the same thing via zoom. I do, I sponsor 
people. I check in with my sponsor every day. I read just for today. I mean, I, I, I haven't changed anything. I'm too afraid to because my life's great today. You know, with even all the bad stuff in my life that's happened, my, I, my life is far better than when I was out there using. And, yeah, uh, and it's all- I identify with that, bro. And, and hey, hey, Brett, let me, let, so, so let's use that as the transition piece and in, in saying, you know, as you've been on this journey and, and, and the experiences that you have now, if you could sit down with Brett D with, you know, with one day clean or one week clean, knowing what you know now, could you share with us what what would you say to him? Well, I, I can tell you this. This is and I, and I share about this all the time. I'm so grateful that I did the work that I had. I did in the beginning that I had a sponsor that didn't cover, you know, co-sign my BS. That I had a sponsor that said, "Look, if you want me to sponsor you, I only sponsor people that are serious." You know, what's that man? I got busy right away. You know, there's no sense sitting around the rooms, loadering. I call it loadering. If you're not working on your recovery, you're just loadering. You're taking a seat that somebody else might want to have, you know, and some people don't like me saying that, but it's like, look, we're here for a reason, you know, and and how long do you want to prolong your freedom? If you want freedom, you have to do the work, you know, and thank God, thank God, you know, that, that I did this work on the front end and I built these, this, this, a relationship with the God of my understanding when I did. And I, and I, I had experienced many, many people before me who have been through loss um, that prepared me. And I didn't know it was preparing me for it. So when these tragedies happened in my life, I was like, Oh, I get it now. So you're going to tell me that there's not a God in my life, that there wasn't a spiritual awakening. My sponsor shared with me that he had had to put his daughter to rest because she drove off the side of a mountain in front of him on a Harley. And I thought, oh, my God, how horrible. I, I, like you said, I would be, I can't, it's unimaginable. And then eight years later, I'm, I'm having to bury my son, you know, and my sponsor carried my son's casket. You know, God put my sponsor in my life, and I did the work he asked me to do to prepare me for these adventures, you know, and if I wouldn't have done anything at 10 years clean and I would have just been stayed clean, I probably wouldn't be here today because I didn't do the footwork. I didn't do the, the step work, the, the, the fellowshipping, the, you know, service work. You know, I've been involved with this uh, California Inland Region of Narcotics Anonymous Convention Committee since two years clean, you know, and I've been everything from, from, uh, you know, the, the chair to, to you name it, you know, I've been a part of, Services very very important. You know all those things I did in the beginning. I I believe built me up to be able to be who I am today and be able to walk through certain tragedies. So if you're new and you want to, and I'm not going to say anything like this is ever going to happen to you, but we don't know. You know. So the reason we do the step work and the reason that we do uh, all these things, service and sponsorship, and have sponsors is it builds us up to be able to prepare ourselves for whatever life is going to throw at us. If we don't have those tools in our toolbox, we might not make it, you know? So, Thank you all again for spending your time with us today on the anonymous podcast. We encourage you all to focus on that magic six letter word others as we go out into the world. Until next time, we are your hosts, Hannah D. And Douglas L. Namaste and God bless. Mm-hmm.